making my way downtown, walking fast, faces past, and I'm homebound. Man, I know it's a couple days later, but Will Smith just smacked the fuck out of Chris Rock. I mean, jeez Louise. Chris Rock kind of took it, too. He fucking ate that slap. That Oscars was kind of proof positive that we're in a simulation. Because there's no, there's no real world in which that should have happened. We got a lot to talk about. We got to talk Oscars. Because your boy was there. We got to talk Brandi almost dying from a lightning strike. That's terrifying. Let's call her up. Bing bong ding. Hello? Yo. Hear me? Yeah, give me a couple checks. A check, 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 check. You're a little low. <laughs> I am. You're a little low. Give me more checks. Have you been watching Bridgerton? Because that's what you sound like. No. Do I look like someone from Bridgerton? Because I feel like they're all handsome. No, you don't. But oh, you cool. sounded like a, like honestly though that that Oscar suit maybe. You like that, huh? Yeah, I did. Feeling good about it. We're gonna talk about it because here's the bummer: is that we're recording this the day after the Oscars. Oh. But it's coming why out on that, Wednesday. Why is that a bummer? Because I feel like when this comes out, the whole Will Smith Chris Rock thing is gonna be like yesterday's news yeah i don't know you're right we have so much to talk about one you've been gone okay gone did an entire episode last week just by my lonesome i know i meant to listen to it i was like this is the one episode i'm gonna listen to because i'm not listening to my own voice yeah yeah still still didn't listen well it's fine uh what did you talk about we talked about everything you know life love pursuit of happiness uh, oh okay whether or not you should you should slap someone on uh, live television. Uh, what else did we talk about? Um, oh, we also, I had the uh, Y of Tears do, do like voice Colin. notes of fave things. And that was really fun because a lot of people had some some good suggestions. Really? Great. Well, great. Yeah. Here's what we've learned. We've learned that if Brandy goes away to South America and almost gets in a plane crash, that mm -hmm. I can continue the show no matter what. Wow, I beg to differ. I mean, we'll let you have it for this one week, okay? I mean, I was reading some of the reviews on the app, on like the solo. People weren't hating on it, you know. I thought for sure people oh, were gonna be like, boy. "Dude, it's so fucking boring, just listening to Wells the entire time." But yeah. Anyways, we have a lot to get through. I mean, we gotta talk about the Oscars. We gotta talk about your trip because it was death-defying, apparently. Well, for us it was, and for others it wasn't. It was one hell of a fucking trip. I assume that there was a Latin lover at some point. I need to find out about Diego. Oh, yeah, baby. Yeah, see, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> Had to. Brandy can't leave. I knew it. Brandy can't leave the country and not fall in love with a foreigner. It's impossible. Jesus. Am I okay, honestly? I don't think you are. I don't think so either. I don't know if I don't know if any of us are okay. So let's start the show, and okay, and then just get into it. Uh, you go first. Bros and hoes, you're listening to your favorite podcast with. Okay, it's your favorite Wait, thing podcast. God, one week off. You're listening to your favorite thing podcast with. Well, Sam Brandy, Brandy is back. It also better be your favorite podcast, though. Yeah. Not even the hand of Zeus could take down the Cyrus clan. <sighs> Got close, let me tell you. So, set the stage. We're in a private jet okay. flying over the beautiful vistas of Uruguay when 
out of the blue. Par- Paraguay. Paraguay. Actually. That's pretty close. <laughs> All right. So let, here, like, where do I begin, really? Let me just first start by saying, like, this is Glastonbury all over again, where I told the story on the podcast and everybody, like, was like, Miley Cyrus almost dies in play, you know, remember when I told that story about Glastonbury? Yeah. Yeah, only it was Instagram. I was like, the minute I put this story up, it's just people are just going to take it and run with it. Um, but it was it, it was scary. It was not to take away from the fact that we did, in fact, get struck by lightning. First of all, South America, holy shit, what an amazing continent. Like, I got to go back, you know? Uh, I've never in my life seen fans that are so crazy in my in a good way and, and sometimes scary, but in such a cool way. Like, it, it puts a new spin on the word fanatic, These the South Americans. Like, they're, they're just so great. Um, so, you know, first stop is Argentina, and Argentina was phenomenal. I got to play the festival. My set was phenomenal. Miley's set was phenomenal. Like, great time. And then we hopped over to Santiago, and, and the first couple of days just happened so quick, and, and Chile was phenomenal. The crowd was even better, if you could believe it or not. Like, it was just great. And then we have to fly all the way up to Bogota. And Bogota, like the fans in Argentina and Chile were fucking crazy. Bogota, it was it was not okay. Like the fans were out of complete control, and I mean it was awesome. Like I don't know if you saw any of the footage of them surrounding the car. Like we could, like they were lining the street outside the hotel for Miley. They just swarmed the car, and for like five blocks, we were just inching along trying to get to the hotel because there were so many fans. It was it was insane. Did you know that Bogota is like eight thousand feet above sea level? or something crazy no i just know that i feel like there's a lot of cocaine there well sure but also i did just i had no idea that the elevation was so high apparently it's like higher than Vail in colorado really yes and uh, they got a lot I, of I snow on... up there huh oh, cocaine joke keep going ah it's so funny i went to this like lookout point earlier in the day where I didn't have to go up a ton of steps, but like some stairs and I'm pretty fit, you know, and I was like going up like six steps and I'd be like, I can't breathe. Oh my gosh. And I was, and I was to my mom and I was like, should we be worried about Miley performing tonight? And she was like, I mean, I don't know. And I was like, I was like, I don't know. I feel like we shouldn't tell her though, because she'll get in her head about that stuff. You know, it's like, if you, it's almost like if you don't mention it, like maybe she'd just be fine. But if you, t- if you tell her about it, then maybe she has anxiety. So we just like, didn't really know what to do. So we just didn't say anything, but we told production, like have oxygen, like, you know, like we would in Denver, have it on the side of the stage, but like, surely we'll be fine. You know, we were not fine. Mm. Two songs in, I could tell something was wrong with her. I was like standing up in, um, in like on like the balcony on the side of the stage, you know. Yeah. And two songs in, I could just tell she wasn't right, and I kept looking at my mom, waiting for my mom to say something. And then three songs in, Miley says, you know, in the microphone, like, guys, wow, like I'm not feeling so great. I'm not feeling so hot. Like I think the elevations get me. And she pulls out a chair and sits down. And I looked at my mom and I was like, are you freaking right now at all? Because for her to say something like that and like slow the show down means something's really wrong, you know? Yeah. And I looked at my mom and I was like, are you freaking out? My mom was like, no, are you? And I was like, you know, it's so unlike her. And after like she sang one song sitting down, I, we were both like looked at each other and we were like, holy shit, like she really doesn't feel good. Um, and my mom ran down there and stood on the side of the stage. And I, I don't know how much you've seen on social media or anything, but she basically sat down on a stool. After the singing three songs, she just skipped to all the ballads that she could sit on a stool and sing slow and not have to move around. And in between, she was just like, guys, like I could pass out at any moment. Like I could throw up at any moment. And she was like, I'm going to stay out here as long as I can and sing for you guys. But I just, I need to let you know, like I, it's not good, you know? Mm-hmm. And security, 
her security was like so close to her, you know, standing in front of the stage. And afterwards, they were like, she was so white and her hands were like doing weird things like someone does when they're about to have a seizure. Like everybody was freaking out. Wow. And she fucking stayed out there. And after singing all the ballads, she started to sing The Climb, which is like the last song in the set before her um, encore. And I was like, oh, we're, we're cutting 45 minutes from the set right now. Like she's going to sing The Climb and leave. And so we all kind of go down there and get ready to bail. And after the climb, she gets the second wind and somehow goes back and sings all the like the you know the upbeat songs she skipped and finishes the whole fucking set. Wow! Like, like the rock star that she is, like it was insane. We were all so worried that she was just gonna fall over at any minute. And afterward, she said, "You know, I just knew that if I walked back to take oxygen or to take a breather, I wouldn't go back." You know how that is? It's yeah. like. I, you know, I, I kind of understand that to an extent, like when I'm riding my horse, it's like when I'm like, when I feel like I need to, to walk and take a break, then I just feel like I have to keep doing it. Whereas if I just push through and don't ever take a break, then I'm good, you know? And so I was like, man, I, I totally get that. And I just respect the hell out of it. So Bogota was crazy. It's like Chris Rock. The show must go on. You know? The show must go. I mean, yeah, it's live, baby. Live. It's live. Yeah. I might get smacked <laughs> in the face. Got to keep going. Gotta keep going. And so we just all got straight in the car and headed to the hotel. And she was very sick for like three days after. Mm. But anyway, so Bogota was such a train wreck. We're like, okay, I can only go up from here, right? Eh, wrong. We get on the plane the next day. It was supposed to be a six-hour flight to Paraguay and to play this festival. And we, we, we're we in the air about six hours. And they, they had told us, like, oh, we're going to start our descent until wherever. And Asuncion or whatever it is, Asuncion. I don't know. And we're taking like 40 minutes to land. Like it's just taking forever. It's, it's very bumpy. It's very cloudy. And we're all looking around at each other. Like what's going on? Like, why are we taking so long to land? And the turbulence is like bad, but like, you know, kind of normal. And then all of a sudden the plane like drops to where your stomach just goes into your throat. And we're like, holy shit. And the flight attendants are like keeping their cool. And we're like, is everything okay? And and it's starting to thunder. And they're like, yeah, yeah, this, this is fine. This is nothing. And everyone's freaking out that like my sister's freaking out. My mom's freaking out. I'm freaking out because I start seeing lightning and we're like in this, the most insane turbulence and they're not really telling us anything. And then after a while they're like, they come on and they're like, okay, so we're in the middle of an electrical storm and we're going to have to reroute and land 250 miles away because we can't land here and we're going to run out of gas. So there, we, we have to like go through the storm to get a, to get to a place where we can go land. And it's just so bumpy and so crazy. Like I can't believe people weren't throwing up because it was really like, like dramatic drops, you know, so scary. And then all of a sudden the whole fucking sky lights up and you hear this, the loudest crack I've ever heard in my whole life. And the side of the plane, like kind of dips like that. Mm -hmm. And I, we all looked at each other like, what the fuck just happened? And somebody was like, I, and somebody behind us over the wing was like, oh my God, we literally just got struck by lightning. I saw it. And we were freaking out. I mean, the, but the flight attendants were so cool the whole time. We were like, is this okay? Like, are we about to die? And they're like, they're like, no, we're good. Like, they were so calm about it. It was insane. And so we finally get on the ground. But, like, after that lightning strike, they, I think they were like, okay, we, we got to go down. Took us down pretty fast. We land in the middle of nowhere. And we get on the ground. And they're like, yeah, so basically, like, the whole festival Miley was supposed to play – you know, it's a Saturday, Sunday thing or Friday, Saturday, whatever. And the, the day that we were flying in, they told us once we landed, like the whole festival had been canceled because oh, of really? flooding. Yes. And we didn't even like we didn't even know. Um, 
And so Miley, uh, we land on the ground. We're just trying to figure out what to do. And she's like, she's like, well, if the whole festival's canceled today, they're probably gonna cancel it tomorrow. Like, should we even go? Like, should we just go straight to Brazil? And then it was like this whole thing of like, well, can we get into Brazil? Like, you know, you have to do all this paperwork and mm-hmm. COVID testing and all this stuff to go into each country. And so we were on the ground for like three hours trying to figure out what the heck to do. Meanwhile, they're looking at the wing of the plane to find out if it's damaged enough if we if we can even take off. You know what I mean? And then I did post the photo of it. So did Miley of like where the lightning strike hit and it basically like carved a hole into the the fender of the wing like the part that goes up on the ends there's like a hole in it mm-hmm. it was in i've never seen anything like it the aileron yeah i'm that. a pilot now so i know god so we did defy death it was very scary wait hold on uh, i got questions one when you got struck by lightning did everyone's like hair stand on end like did no some... that didn't happen no, nothing happens when you get struck no. by lightning in the air uh, I feel like lights on the outside of the plane like flickered or something, okay. but not the inside. It was like the ones on the wing. You know what I mean? Okay. Screamed bloody murder. But other- Did you think you were going to die at this moment? I didn't until the lightning strike. And then I was like, holy fuck. I didn't know planes got struck by lightning. None of us did. But honestly, like, you know what really, really helped was the flight attendants were so cool as a cucumber the whole time. I couldn't believe it. I thought for sure, like, I was like, why aren't you guys freaking out? This can't be normal. Did the oxygen then, mask come from the ceiling? No. Oh, okay. No. And you know what else scared me? This plane was brand new. Like, it was so new. They hadn't even put, you know, they have the TV screens on the top and the, they usually show the flight map in the very front of the plane and yeah. stuff and the monitors. It was so new. They hadn't even put that stuff in yet. Like, I don't even know who, if it, this plane had, like, done a trip yet. And so I'm thinking, like, oh, my God, has this plane even been put to the test? Like, can it even withstand this? You know what I mean? Well, I'd rather be on a new plane than an old plane, I suppose, so. I mean, I guess. I don't Wait, know okay, so up. hold on. So then you get struck by lightning. It, like, takes a chunk out of the aileron on... Literally a chunk. So was the plane airworthy? Yeah, so when we landed in, you know, 250 miles from Asuncion, they had to, like, it's what took so long, they had to do all this assessment of, like, how much it took, you know, how deep it, yeah. of a chunk it went. Because if it had gone, like, a certain amount of depth into the wing, we couldn't have flown. Yeah. They said that it had like just, you know, we had just made the cutoff of it like not being deep enough to really be a thing, to, at least to get us to Brazil. And then once we got to Brazil, they had like six days to fix it, you know what I mean, or figure it out. I don't know. So did you get a different plane in Brazil or did they no, fix it? They fixed it. And that's the one I, I flew home um, on my own. I flew back uh, to Nashville separately, but everybody else took that plane back to L.A. and they all, they're all safe and sound. Flew back like on commercial? You yeah, I felt slumming it. Jesus. Wow. So no one, no one was like, we're going down, baby. I just need to let you know that I've always loved you. Like there was not, no, oh, my mom was praying. Oh yeah. Cause your um, mom already doesn't like to fly. No, no, she hates it. And it was, and it was so crazy because like literally minutes before the thunderstorm started, we were all looking out the windows because the sunset was so gorgeous. Like the clouds were like pink and purple. It was so beautiful. And my mom was actually tearing up because she sunsets like that, like always remind her of my mammy, her mom that passed mm-hmm. away a couple years ago. And she, my mom was like tearing up at this sunset being like, Oh, this just reminds me of mammy. And then literally five minutes later, all of a sudden we were in electrical storm and she was like freaking out thinking like, Oh my gosh, I was just thinking of mom. Like, are we going to join her? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> my mom was like going dark. Yeah. And um, I think there were some other people on the team that had that later admitted that they were like sending texts to people like, yeah. hey, just in case, like <laughs> the money is hidden here. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, I, I mean, people were scared. And once we got on the ground, the flight attendants did say like, eh, we were a little rattled. We just didn't want to yeah. say it. You know what I mean? Well, but they were definitely like, we've never experienced anything like that. It was a European flight crew. And I, they were like, they, there aren't storms this bad in, in Europe. Like South America has really bad storms, I think. Well, I'm glad you made it. <sighs> Crazy. All right, guys, airport anxiety, it's a real thing. Between constantly checking my pockets for my ID or forgetting the gate number, even though I just looked at my boarding pass, I'm stressed. But here's the thing. If you travel with base, your bag has the function and the fashion to keep you calm, carefree, and looking good. Sarah and I have been using base luggage for years, long before they even started sponsoring this show. Truly, I have a bunch of base luggage and I love it all. My absolute favorite piece, though, is the convertible weekender bag. I have it in three colors because I literally take it everywhere. And the best part is the bottom compartment unzips completely if you get the convertible bag because sometimes I don't need that extra space. So I just take the top part. But other times, you know, like I refuse to check a bag. So that really helps me out. So you guys got to check it out. Every piece made by Bays is made to look better with miles. So you don't have to worry about it in cargo or overhead. And Bays has over 30,000 five-star reviews. Whether you're packing for a quick trip or looking to breeze through the security line, Bays has your personal items covered. And right now, Bays is offering our listeners out there 15% off your first purchase by visiting basetravel.com slash YFT. Go to basetravel.com slash YFT for 15% off your first purchase. That's base, B-E-I-S, travel.com slash YFT. The crowds, I assume for your sister, they're just ginormous just because she's headliner. Ginormous. But the crowds for you were ginormous. Dude, I know. I was like peeing my pants up there. Yeah. It was insane, but but so awesome. Now I like don't want to play anywhere else. I just want to go back there because yeah. it's so great. How did it go being like you have to do like your own hype man stuff? Oh, I was so nervous. And I'm, I feel like it's one of those things where like I probably sounded really dorky, yeah. you know? But I did it. Yeah. I did, everyone seemed to like it. So. Well, and you're speaking a different language. So they're like, she might be saying something cool. And we don't even oh, know. Yeah, they have. No, they probably had no clue what I was saying. They yeah. Just, every time I talked, they were just so excited. Every time I got on the mic, they were so excited. It probably didn't matter what I said. But yeah. you just got to like scream the name, the city name or the country name, like Argentina. Yeah. And like, ah! You know. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So you going back so, out in the road? Are we doing a world tour? I heard I, I heard you're huge in Japan. I would like to go back and do my own tour in South America at some point. I think I loved it. I really loved it. Okay, but so the missing piece of this like story though is like after this plane thing, you know, we go to Brazil and I, I, we're, our, the team is already like, okay, this trip's getting weird. Like it's mm-hmm. time to wrap her up and go home. You know, like it started out strong and then the Bogota thing and then the plane thing, and then um, you know we get to Brazil and we hear the news about Taylor Hawkins. Taylor Hawkins, yeah. And the Foo Fighters were on all these festivals that we did just on the, a different day. Mm-hmm. You know, like Miley would headline one day and they would headline the other. Yeah. And so they were in all the same cities. And for whatever reason, when we were on the plane in the lightning storm and, and landed, Miley texted him uh, because he was in Paraguay at that festival already. Yeah. And she t- was texting him being like, hey, what's going on there? We hear it's flooded. We hear the festival is canceled. And they were texting back and forth. And he was like, yeah, it's so flooded here. Don't come here. <laughs> he was like, the festival is not going to happen, you know? Um, and it's just so fucking crazy. It, it just felt so close to home because she had just been talking to him and we had been in all the same places. And 
been in the same hotel a couple days before. Like it was just so crazy. And on top of all the craziness that had already happened, we were just like, what is this trip? You know? Yeah. Ugh. It's just so sad. So sad. Taylor Hawkins was a badass. Very mal. And I just, I feel for his family. He's got, you know, a wife and kids, but mm-hmm. then Dave Grohl is just like constantly <sighs> surrounded by tragedy in his bands. It's just, it's like a weird I know. omen for Grohl. He must feel like he's just cursed. Yeah. It's really, really sad. Like it definitely just put a very dark cloud over the whole rest of the trip, you know? Yeah. And Miley, she dedicated a song to him in Brazil her song Angels, uh, and she just sobbed yeah, during I, it. I, I mean, saw it just... on Instagram somewhere, and yeah, it was very emotionally charged. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. But, but very cool of her to do that. So, yeah, I mean, you know, a trip full of highs and lows for sure. Nonetheless, I very much enjoyed it. I love South America. I absolutely have to go back. Speaking of the highs, what's his name? <laughs> All right, guys. Argentina specifically, I think. I think Argentina specifically, there are so many hotties. Yeah. Like, oh my God, they're everywhere. We had all these, I guess like they were either cops or military or whatever. We had all this these escorts. Like every time we would drive from hotel to venue or venue to airport, we had a like a whole brigade of like cops on motorcycles or military guys on motorcycles like taking us like we were the freaking president or something it was insane yeah and they were all so hot like it was the most (laughs) fun thing ever we were just like looking out the window and i'm like oh my god they're all so gorgeous that's amazing yeah so that's that's another reason why i want to go back okay so what was his name no there was not one specific oh come on no (laughs) okay so there was multiple dudes you went to pound town with (laughs) No pound town. Oh, come on. You went all the way to South. Heavy flirting. Heavy flirting. Oh, my God. So uh, how many guys are you talking to right now on WhatsApp? (laughs) How do you know it's on WhatsApp? Because you don't talk to anybody inside the country on WhatsApp. You only talk to people outside the country on WhatsApp. I know stuff. All right? No dummy. I would say I'm texting like three guys. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And none, none of it's ever going to amount to anything, but it's fun. Well, we thought we thought that about your South African man. Mm, I don't know. I kind that one was different. Well, we'll see. No wonder you want to go back and play shows in quotations. Yeah, the fans are so great. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, too good, man. Yeah, it's, I'm kind. I'm kind of here for. It. I'm. I'm all for the empowered female rock star because yeah. it's such so cliche that like. Oh, he's got a girl in every port, you know, thing. And Brandy's like, fuck that. I'm going to do that. I got a guy in Bogota. I got two in fucking Buenos Aires. We're going to go on over to Uruguay. Go down to Rio. Man. I'm trying to have just like one on every continent at least, you know? I think it's smart. I think it's the way to go. You gotta. Just don't give him any money. No, absolutely not. Because I've seen way too many documentaries recently about women giving men money. And it's just bonkers. No, no, I don't do that. All right. Well, I'm happy that you survived. I'm happy you had a good time. And yeah, I mean, I, it's a bummer about Taylor Hawkins. It was, God, it's such a bummer. I mean, I'm sure you've seen Foo Fighters in concert. I have. Here's the thing. For the non-music fan, this is why Taylor Hawkins was so good. Dave Grohl is considered one of the greatest drummers to have ever lived. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, there's some crazy story where he like turned down being... Like in Paul McCartney's band. Wow. So good 
that he was like turning down being in these huge bands. And so can you imagine having to be so good that you could be the drummer for Dave Grohl's band, a different level of talent. I've heard interviews where even Dave's like, yeah, Taylor is a better drummer than I am. It's just sad we lost, well, one of the greats, I suppose. Mm -hmm. We really did. So, well, I'm happy for you. We need to now pivot over to the Oscars, I think. Yeah, this is going to be your, your, your show because I didn't, all I saw was all the fashion. <laughs> yeah. Classic. It will end the clip of Will Smith, obvi. So I did the E! Oscar pre-party thing. And so mm -hmm. they wanted me to do this whole like mixology segment where I tied in these different drinks with uh, Lucille Ball, you know, like, so it was like a lot of old Hollywood content with like me mixing drinks. It was fine. It was fun, whatever. But that's why I was dressed the way I was dressed because we were like, I'm not wearing a tuxedo because I'm not like like walking the carpet and doing that kind of right. stuff. But I'm doing like this kind of like pre-brunch thing. I felt pretty good in that suit. And I tell you what, we're going to be repurposing that suit for maybe engagement photos. I don't know. Oh, I like that idea. Yeah. So. It was a good one. You looked good. Yeah. And a lot of people thought I was wearing a t-shirt. I wasn't. It was a, a cashmere sweater underneath, guys. Oh, in LA? It was like 70 degrees. I actually like balked at it to my stylist, who's actually just like an old friend from Nashville uh, named Lisa. I was like, I'm going to be sweating like a crazy person. And she was like, we like looked it up and she's like, it's going to be 70 degrees. You're going to be fine. And I was. And the like, segment was five minutes long. Oh, okay. But I was there, guys. I was there. I ended up not going to the show. I left like mm -hmm. kind of beforehand and I went home and I was like, well, I'm just going to watch the golf and like whatever. I don't really care about any of this stuff because I think mm -hmm. there's a part of me that's like, this is all kind of bullshit, but I will go work for you if you want, if I will work <laughs> for you, but I'll the, let you pay me. Yeah, but I, this is still kind of BS, but whatever. But then I turned it on. I was like, you know what? Heck, I'm going to turn it on. I'm going to watch. Mm -hmm. I've seen some movies that I I think I, I, I'm rooting for. And then the Will Smith, Chris Rock thing happens. And I immediately had to start drinking because I was like, <laughs> this is insane. <laughs> so you weren't watching it, but I was watching it in real no. time. So he makes the joke about Jada having a bald head, being in G.I. Jane 2, which is a kind of a funny joke because in the original G.I. Jane, Demi Moore has a shaved head. So it's a, I get the joke. It's a, mm -hmm. it's a fine joke. And you see Will Smith laugh at the joke. And then you see Jada Pinkett Smith's face completely change. And then it cuts back to Chris. And then all of a sudden, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is like stomping towards him. And Chris Rock, I think he's thinking this is a joke. What's mm -hmm. happening? And then he rears back and he smacks the shit out of Chris Rock. I will say this. Chris Rock ate that slap like a champ, bro. He did. He fucking ate it and didn't do anything. I've seen Chris Rock. He's a skinny guy. And, you know, Will Smith is bulked up and stuff, you know. He ate that fucking smack and then kept going. And I was like, surely this is a bit. Surely this is a bit. And then they cut the sound. And I was like, oh, no, this isn't a bit. And then they cut over to Will Smith, and you can see him yelling. Anyone who can read any kind of lips realizes he's what he's saying is, keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth. And then it was like, oh, this is not a joke at all. And then you realize it's really not a joke when Chris Rock is very, very confused and, like, stumbling over his words. Mm -hmm. But you know what? What a pro. He fucking got through it. 
mm-hmm. can't believe I I was talking to Sarah. I was like, what would you do there? I was like, I probably would leave. I'd be like, fuck this. I am out. It's got smacked in the face on national television. I'm out of yeah, here. Commercial break. Yeah. But he fucking did it, which that was amazing. There was this one point that I thought was really interesting. I'm gonna play the clip. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Okay, that's weird. That's so awkward in front of all of those people to be yelling in a live show that. And then he says this again. Wow, dude. Yeah. It was a G.I. Jane joke. Okay, so awkward. Lupita Nyong'o is behind being like, what the fuck is happening here? Jesus Christ. I love that he's like, it was a G.I. Jane joke, bro. So now there's been information to come out that like, I guess Jada Pinkett Smith has alopecia, which means she's got like, she's losing her hair. Mm-hmm. Okay. The biggest joke that you can make to men is you're short or you're bald. Like that, that mm-hmm. those are the oldest jokes in the world. And I realize and I totally understand that like a woman's hair is much different than men's hair and it's a little more sensitive, but bro, overreact much? I don't know. So right there, this is my favorite part. So this has all just happened, and Chris Rock says, I could, oh, okay. I could, oh, okay. I could, oh, okay. You know Chris Rock wants to say something, you know? So bad. So badly, because Chris Rock is a fucking funny human being, and his job Mm -hmm. is to rip on people. And you know he's got a million fucking jokes in his mind. And I guarantee you, he had 17 jokes about who was in the front row, and I bet you... I bet you all the money in the bank account that he had a lot meaner jokes to Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith than the G.I. Jane joke. for sure. The whole story is that Will Smith's son's friend has been having sex with Jada Pinkett Smith. You know, like that was like a whole- that's a thing? Yeah, and they did like a whole bread table talk thing about it, you know? And you know that Chris Rock wanted to say something, but he didn't. That was a- Greatest night in the history of television. You can tell that he's just like, I don't know what the fuck to do. Like, what just happened? And this is when I knew it was real, when Chris Rock, who's a man who is very, very good at talking in front of people, does this. So we are here to uh, give a documentary out. Okay. Not there to give a documentary out. There to give out an Oscar for a documentary. So that's when I was like, oh, shit, I think this is real. Oh, Uh my God. This is fucking real. So I have a lot of thoughts about this. And I think a lot of people will disagree with me. Okay. And I realize it's a sensitive subject. Both Will Smith and Chris Rock are entertainers. They're both actors and entertainers. And there is an implied bit of safety when you come on set. And let's be fair. This is a live television show. They were on set. There is an implied bit of safety when it comes to that. You can't hit somebody on set. And when you do, you get fired. Mm-hmm. You get kicked out. All the other stuff aside, Will Smith knows better. You can't be on set and go hit somebody because there's an implied sense of safety for everyone there. Mm-hmm. That's my whole thing. It's like someone who's like worked on set. You can't hit somebody. My other thought is this. I don't know why any comedians will ever do the Oscars going forward. There's nothing in it for comedians. Like, it makes no sense to go do that this show, a show that they don't recognize best comedic movie, where they don't mm-hmm. recognize, you know, best actor in a comedy. Right. 
And the truth of the matter is, is that the only reason why people watch this show is one, to look at beautiful people wearing ridiculous things, mm -hmm. and then to have funny people bring those people down a peg. Because yeah. no one can relate to those beautiful people wearing those insane things. True. They look great. They're fucking hot. It's true. No one in America can relate to that. Sorry, just the facts. So then they waltz in these funny people to do the thing that we're all doing at home, which is make fun of them. And if I'm a comedian, I'm like, fuck doing this show. Because we're the ones that are hosting these shows. We're the ones that are making it entertaining. And every time we come up and, and, and do it, either we get fired or someone comes up and smacks me. The other thing is, is that Will Smith, yes, he's an actor, but he's also a fucking rapper. And isn't the whole thing of rap diss tracks and making fun of other people and talking shit about other people's girlfriends and wives? Like, that's a big part of rap. I don't understand why you're so sensitive. Like, that's, that's like what, you, what happens. I mean, these are all valid points. I think the hang-up is that it's, it's not just a haircut. I understand. Medical conditions. I understand. I think that's the big, like... I understand that. The other thing is, is that there's a lot of people out there saying, like, good for Will, he stood up for his, his woman. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's the most unfeminist thing in the world. Is that what's implied now? Is that a man needs to go and defend his woman? That's very, like, 1940s to me. I don't think hitting somebody is ever going to be the answer, especially in, in a setting like that. Mm -hmm. Maybe at like a Walmart or something, but when you're at the Oscars, come on, guy. I'm not sure if something that happened like that, let's say that there's a world in which I'm at the Oscars with Sarah and someone makes fun of Sarah. I don't think that me going up and ruining both of our careers is very chivalrous. Mm -hmm. I think that they should be like, what are you fucking doing? You just ruined your career. For sure. Oh, yeah. I don't understand that. Like, I understand, like, sticking up for your woman to be like, yell out like, hey, Chris, she's got a, she's got a medical issue. Not a fucking good joke, dude. Fucking move on to someone else. Make fun of Jake Gyllenhaal in the red scarf or something. That's, I think, the way that you, you stick up for somebody. Hey, maybe you don't know all the fucking facts, but you're being an asshole. Now, you know, if she, if she does have cancer and she's dying and, like, Chris knows that and still makes a joke, okay. Sometimes you got to get smacked. For, for being like that. Right. Mm -hmm. The other thing is, and so I'm not to make this about me, but I'm going to make it about me because it's the only way that I can feel. It's how I'm feeling about things. There is this implied people look, and, and I very much felt this when I've gone to these things. They look down on the reality TV people. You're a fucking reality TV person. I'm an actor. Okay, fair. That's, I guess that's fair. I'm a serious person. Well, we're all kind of doing the same thing. We're making something that's entertaining and people are watching. But okay, fine. You're right. You're better at it than me and you get paid more. Whatever. That's fine. The thing that like kind of rubbed me the wrong way was I was watching it being like, oh my God, you guys are fucking reality TV stars now. You're not <laughs> actors. Sorry. You're not. You're a reality TV star. You're a fucking meme from Desperate Housewives on TV. A reality show, you walked up and smacked somebody. And the only difference between what you do and what I do is that if that happened on Bachelor in Paradise, that person would be kicked off the show. But you get an Oscar 20 minutes later. <sighs> it also just has not to be like the therapist in the room, but seems like there's a lot of other issues that we got to be dealing with to do that. Mm -hmm. And then his speech afterwards... Which was, I didn't hear that. 
Well, it was all over the place, and he apologizes to the Academy, and he apologizes to his fellow nominees, but he doesn't apologize to Chris, the guy who just smacked on live television in front of 30 million people and altered everyone's career that was involved. Then he started to equate it that he was like, love makes you do crazy things, and I'm doing the thing that happened to Richard, Venus and Serena's dad, which everyone thought he was a crazy person for, like, protecting his kids, and, like, it's like, it's funny how life imitates all. Right. And now I'm the crazy dad who's trying to protect things. And then he says something that was interesting to me. He says, love makes you do crazy things. And that was something that the kind of rubbed me the wrong way because love doesn't make you do violent things. Love makes you be very understanding and caring and compassionate. What makes you do violent things are anger and resentment and being hurt. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that it's fair that you get to confuse love for what it really is, which I think is a lot of built up issues that you've got with you and your family. That's my thought on it. Therapist Wells is out here. <laughs> he is out here. But then there's the world in which this, this whole thing is a bit. That's kind of what I was thinking. If it is. Who said like the ratings for the Oscars have been down so bad and now. Yeah, yeah for sure. But like that can never happen again. You know how it works is like the, whoever won best actor gets to present for best actress next year. Mm -hmm. There's no way that he can be invited back next year. Was it the Oscars are live, right? Like it streams. It's live on television. Yeah, I'm sure it's live so, to tape. But yeah. Oh, it's to tape. Well, my question was, if it's live, live. Did they bleep when he said the F word or no? They cut the audio. So I mean, it's like live to tape in, in the way that like radio is where I think they have like a 15 second delay. I see. When I was watching it, they cut the audio so you couldn't hear. And then, of course, like the Japanese feed got started getting tweeted all over. That's why I just played where you can hear everything. Ah. Then he went and partied and like there's video of him like doing just jiggy with it. And there's like. Getting oh, jiggy with it. Whatever. Getting jiggy with it. Yeah. What do you think? I've done a big rant there. I mean, I didn't watch it. Like, yeah. I have no context. All I've seen is the, like, 10 seconds on TikTok, you know? Yeah. I wasn't even sure if it was a bit or not. Like, I, st I still don't really know. Yeah, I don't really know either. The only problem is if it is a bit, it just was such a badly executed one. Mm -hmm. That was his big night. He would never won an Oscar. He Everyone thought he was probably going to win. And then, like, mm -hmm. and I don't know if, like, the pressure got to him or what, but... Your big night and you think is a good idea is to get up on stage and smack a comedian who's kind of just doing his job, which is I got to fucking make fun of everybody and then give out an award. That's what he's there for. I want to be like super sensitive to like Jada's thing, but we're in the public eye as well. And there's something that comes with that. And that is you have to be okay with public ridicule. Mm -hmm. It's kind of part of the For gig. Sure. It's not yeah. it's not a part that any of us like to have to deal with, but you kind of have to know that going in. I just wish that Chris Rock had fired back just some crazy <laughs> retort. And then and then I'm sure then we would have probably gotten back up and try to hit him again. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Anyways, crazy crazy time. Probably be probably best that didn't happen. Let me ask you this. Do you think this is the end of Will Smith's career? Probably not. Yeah, I don't think so either. I don't think he's going to be nominated for any more Oscars. I'll say that. <laughs> That's possible. But I guess it doesn't matter. You got one. You only need one. You only need one. Yeah. That's true. And listen, if you disagree with me on any of that stuff, fair. I'm sorry. Listen, I'm not an actor. I'm not even a comedian, but I am a host. 
And so I have done my fair share of like getting up on stage and doing things. And I just can only can only think of it as someone who has done that. And if I if someone was able to come up on stage and hit me, I would be like, that is so unacceptable. You shouldn't f ever feel unsafe going and doing a job like that. Mm -hmm. The joke was maybe like in bad taste, but it wasn't like the worst joke ever. Right. Mm -hmm. Whatever. Um, you got some favorite things, bro? Bro, I haven't been doing a whole lot of uh, of TV watching. I got to be honest with you, but I'll tell you what. I started Bridgerton on the plane last night, and I am already on episode six. Oh, yeah. Sarah's watching it, too. She loves it. For You can't beat season one. Like, you just can't. You yeah. know what I mean? Because like, And season two, I went into it feeling like I was going to be let down because the hot Duke's not in it. Like, oh, you know, really? like, You know that going into it, that he gone, and he is everything in season one. God, he's hot. The accent me uh and he's missing so i uh i was going into season two like this is probably not gonna be good i gotta say i've been hooked since episode one i'm here for it i'm loving it it's just so good yeah it's real good so that's what i'm i'm down a deep dark bridgerton hole right now cool well um i did i did finish the monica Lewinsky american mm -hmm. crime story show that i thought was new and it's not and it's super good it's just crazy that, that happened insane dude there's a big part of me i know this is insane but like there's a big part of me that thinks that like we are living in a simulation after the will smith thing like this cannot be the real that's world what convinced you the pandemic this war that's about to break out will smith is winning oscars but smacking people before like all this is all crazy i couldn't even write this shit Speaking of the Oscars, because I had to do this whole like drink making bit that was all kind of like predicated around being the Ricardos. I watched being the Ricardos and it's great. I don't think Nicole Kidman was the greatest Lucille Ball that I've ever seen. Really? Lucy's funny and Nicole Kidman's not funny, you know, and that's fair. Should have been Deborah Messing in my mind. That's the redhead that should have played it. But I will say this. Javier Bardem just acts circles around everybody. Really? He's so good in this film as Desi Arnaz or Ricky Ricardo that like he just carries the weight. And the other person that is so good that shouldn't surprise you at all is J.K. Simmons, who plays Fred at, from Fred Nethel, oh, you know? Oh, yeah, I love him. He is so, so good. So Javier Bardem and J.K. Simmons is, are phenomenal. And then Tony Hale, who plays like the EP on the show, is so good. So these three guys in this film are phenomenal. And what bums me out about it is it's supposed to be this movie about this woman who changed Hollywood and she's being overshadowed by, I think, better acting by these men. Mm. And I didn't like that. And I was like, man, I, I, I just feel like that, that's why I didn't get that punch that I needed because I wanted, I, I wanted the story to be the badassery that was Lucy, which it is, of course, but... I just feel like it's really, really hard to probably outact Javier Bardem and J.K. Simmons. Like I think that's just a, probably an impossibility. Yeah. The other thing I didn't realize it about about it was that it's kind of all predicated around this one week in the series of I Love Lucy, where she gets accused of being a communist and she has to like deal with the press thinking that she's a communist. I didn't even know that they thought that Lucy Ball was a communist. Like. Yeah, I didn't either. This is crazy. And then she also gets pregnant. And it's also this crazy thing that like CBS won't like allow a pregnant woman to be on television because the 50s were an insane time in the world. And anyways, 
very good Damn. film for Javier Bardem and J.K. Simmons. And I'm sorry, Nicole Kidman just didn't do it for me. So I been I did binge watch Pieces of Her on my flight to South America. I'm three episodes like in. Ago. Love it. It is so fucking good. It's on. First of all, I love Tony Collette. Like she just gets the best roles. She kind of plays the same character or whatever, but she does such a good job. I loved this show so much. It was like one of my favorite new things that's come out in so long. The guy that plays the like undercover cop that follows her daughter around. Yeah. So hot. Okay. Thank you for the eye candy. But I loved it. I, it like had me on the edge of my seat up until the very end that I'm obsessed with it. When a Saturday afternoon trip to the mall with her mother suddenly explodes into violence and a drift young woman's conception of her mother is forever changed. So the first episode is so good. So Tony Collette plays the mother. Her and her daughter go to a diner and the daughter is a cop. But like not a real well, not even. She yeah. answers 911 calls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's in like a cop's uniform. Sort of, yeah. They're in a diner. This guy comes in with a gun, shoots a woman, shoots another person and then like is about to shoot the daughter because she's in a cop uniform and Tony Collette comes up, tries to stop him. He stabs her in the hand and the knife is sticking out of her hand like crazy. Please shoot me. Don't shoot my daughter. Please shoot me. Don't shoot my daughter. And all of a sudden she does some fucking ninja move and slices his throat open with the knife that's stuck in her hand. It is <laughs> such a good scene. You're like, what it's the fuck? It's a great scene. What the fuck just happened? Like, obviously, Tony Clatt is not who she claims to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all really, really good. I didn't love the girl that played her daughter acting wise. Like there were times where I was kind of like, oh, I feel like yeah. maybe have gotten a bit better of an actress. But overall, great show. I, I loved all the characters. Who's the guy that played Gil? Is it Gil Bir Birmingham or Buckingham or something like that? He plays like the FBI agent but that puts him in witness protection. Yeah, Gil Birmingham. He's also in Yellowstone. He's phenomenal. I, it's just such a good show. I And I kind of feel like, I feel like they could technically have a season two. Does it say limited series? It's a C. One season's all it says. We could get a season two. Yeah. 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 I hope so. That's good. It's good to know because I'm only a couple episodes good. in and I was like, I don't, this is either going to be lame or great. Not sure. It's Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. And then I know you've already uh, talked about it, but I watched The Adam Project. Yeah. Oh, you liked it? Loved. Loved. Let me just add, Ryan Reynolds is always hot. Like, yeah. He is always hot. He is so hot with, all the, with this beard, like all this facial hair. Like, oh my God. Smoke show. Well, I'm glad you liked it. Loved it. Do you ever watch the Reels channel? <laughs> hmm. I can't say that I do. Okay, what so is that? So let me tell you guys something's going on. The Reels channel has some bangers. What is that? So I think it's kind of like, it's like stars or, you know, it's like one of those channels that like has movies, but it's not HBO and Showtime, you know? So it's like a couple mm -hmm. down, you know, it's like AMC or something. Okay. But on the Reels channel, <laughs> they do like a behind the scenes of movies that you love. I'm obsessed. So if okay. you can go find the Back to the Future behind closed doors on Reels. Okay. You need, like, if you love Back to the Future like I do, but it's, I feel like everyone likes Back to the Future. But you need to go watch it because it's insane. Did you know that that movie was turned down 45 times to be made? No, did not. It was almost an impossibility to make that. And then they they started filming, and then they had to, like, fire a couple people 
Marty McFly wasn't Michael J. Fox originally. It was some other guy. And then they fired him and had to bring in Michael J. Fox. They had like redo all these scenes and stuff. And it was only supposed to be one movie. But it was so popular that the studio was like, you're making another one. And they were like, no, we're done. The movie's over. And they're like, no, 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 you're making another one. So then they wrote a script that was like so incredibly long that they were like, they budgeted it out as the most expensive movie ever made to the time. So then they were like, well, let's just make it into three, I guess. And so that's why there's three parts to it. That's crazy. And also what's crazy to me is that Back to the Future 2 was not critically acclaimed. It did okay in the box office, but not as good as one. And a lot of people thought that this trilogy was going to like die on the vine because of two. What is happening? Two's the best one. They go to the future with the <laughs> with the alternate universe and the crazy Biff and Leah Thompson with the big fake boobs. That's the best one for sure. Old Biff, young Biff. Michael J. Fox plays like every single character in his family. I swear to God, man, people don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> and then they have another one about Jurassic Park, which Ooh, is see that that I would watch. See, I'm telling you, man. You, people are sleeping on reels, bro. I'm sleeping on it. Sleep I love behind the scenes stuff. When they did like the behind the scenes look on after every episode of Game of Thrones and stuff. Like, I lived for that. So, yeah, check that out. You know what I was thinking about the other day? This is going to be something that's very specific to people who live in big cities. Mm -hmm. I think primarily Los Angeles. But here's the thing, and I know what they're doing. They want to give out parking tickets. The idea is they want to give you a parking ticket because they want to make money. I understand that. And so what, how they do that is that they post signs that are very, very confusing and conflicting. There'll be like six different signs, like no parking on Tuesday, except between the hours of this and this. But then also like you can have a permit here, but then like, oh, this day is completely blocked out. And oh, we got street cleaning that's happening on Wednesdays. What the hell they? There's 17 signs. Like I don't fucking know what I'm looking at right now. This looks like mm -hmm. Sanskrit. What they need to make. And I realize that, like, the police just want to give you a parking ticket. I understand that. But what needs, someone needs to make, and this might even exist, but what someone needs to make is an app that you take, that oh. you use the camera, and it looks at all the signs, and it says, yeah, bro, you can park here. Or, like, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, well, you, well you, you shouldn't say this on this podcast or someone's going to steal it. You should just do it. Um, whatever. You're right. Someone's going to totally steal that. But mm -hmm. And then if you get a ticket, then the app has to pay for it because they gave you mm -hmm. bad information or something like that, you know? Like, there are times in which you can park and it'll be posted that you, that you can't park there, but you can still put money in the, in the machine. I know. And that's fucked up because you're like, well, the thing's flashing green, so surely I'm fine. And you're not nope. fine. And that's confusing. The machines would say, hey, listen, bro, you can't do this right now. They just want your money. I know, man. I know they do. That's my million-dollar idea that I just gave away to everybody. Yep. Uh, you got any musics? No, but we definitely should play a Foo Fighters song. Okay. We'll go out in a Foo Fighters song, but I do have a, I do have a song. Oh, you do. Oh, I do. So I think that this has been out for a while, and I'm just late to it. But I heard it on a show and I was like, oh, I love this. Have you ever heard of Daniel Blake before? I don't think so. All right. This is a song called Any Way the Wind Blows. And it's just so good. 21 in the morning every Found another who will hold my name Morning bells and I was waiting For a moment but you never came
I mean, I know it's very me, but... Very Wells. But you liked it, though. I did. Very ethereal. Very. Oh, I have a, another favorite thing. Speaking of music, I went to Pioneer Town. You ever been to Pioneer Town? I have. Dude, I went to Pioneer Town. Saw my buddies, the Wild Feathers, play over there at Pap and Harriet's. Oh, they did? Yeah. We That's went, cool. We went there specifically for it. So for people who don't know, Pioneer Town is... I think it was where they filmed a lot of like old Wild West things back in the day. I think so. And it's like on the way to Joshua Tree and Palm Springs. Like it's like you're going towards the desert. And we got a little Airbnb, which was awesome. We walked over to Pap- Pappy and Harriet's. We saw the Wild Feathers play. It got wasty-faced. Had an absolutely wonderful time. So you're just full back drinking is what you're saying. No, but... I mean, I drank that night. Wasty face there, wasty face after the Oscars. I mean, it was just so much stress last night, the Oscars. <laughs> well, I got to say, when the plane was going down, oh, the yeah. first thing I did was start drinking. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, then we were like, seatbelt time was on. I was like, can I get a bourbon? Yeah, for sure. Give me all the little airplane bottles, please, right now. Oh, we had the good stuff. Oh, I bet. Well, they got good yeah. stuff in little in little bottle. Do you have a, a song that you want to go out on from the Foo Fighters? a favorite one well i mean like i don't know like maybe my hero or like learn to fly i'm just trying to think of like ones that like make sense to pay homage learn to fly all right we'll go we'll go out on that one yeah we've got to pour one out for taylor hawkins sucks man it's so sad so sad so sad all right well uh we love you guys we do i'm so happy to be back i'm happy you're back too yeah. I really do miss the wife tears when I'm missing when I'm gone. Yeah, we missed you too. Thanks. Um, just a quick reminder. Argen- Argentina, a lot uh, of hotties. A lot of hotties in Argentina, and um, don't smack people while you're working. Is what I would say. It's a good tip. You know, tip for living wells right there. Yeah, just don't. Not while you're working. If you're at a wa- if, if you're if you're at a Waffle House, smack whoever you want. Mm-hmm. But if you're at the Oscars and you're working, maybe don't smack anybody. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Just be good. I mean, if you can't be good, be good at it. That tagline's done. <laughs> Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast Nation.